This is a podcast by The Straits Times and Money FM 89.3. Hello and welcome to the Letter from the Bureau, a special series which is part of The Straits Times Asian Insider podcast channel. I'm your host, ST's foreign editor, Bhagyashree Garika. Now, the Letter from the Bureau is meant to be a detour, a scenic detour from the raging news of the day. So we like to talk about life as it goes on amid all the crises breaking around us. I chat each month with one of ST's 30-odd correspondents in 15 cities across the Asia-Pacific, the United States, and Europe. And they share with you some interesting trends and events unfolding in their countries. In our 11th episode, we are speaking with ST's India correspondent, Devashi Dasgupta. Good to have you on the show, Devashi. Thank you very much, Bhagya. It's a pleasure. Uh, you know, in our part of the world, here in Singapore and in Southeast Asia, we are very familiar with the certified halal food, which meets the you know Muslim food requirements. And elsewhere, we know there's food marked kosher. Now, you say there's a train marked certified uh, vegetarian in India. Tell us about that, Dave. You wrote about it in a recent column of yours. How did that come about? Right. So this initiative can be traced back to Mr. Abhishek Pisas, who's an Indian entrepreneur who ran a restaurant in Thailand, among other businesses. And he was based there for several years around 2011. So one of the common complaints that you would hear from his Indian friends was the lack of vegetarian food options. Even when they were served vegetables, there were concerns around the sauces used that, you know, at times can contain animal derivatives. So inspired by what he described as the non-availability of reliable food options for vegetarians, along the lines of halal food for Muslims and kosher for Jews, he began working on this business model that essentially seeks to create a trustworthy food certification system for vegetarians, one that's easily identified by its logo featuring a hand cradling a leaf. And the train certification in December was their first. I see. So a whole train that was marked vegetarian and that served nothing but vegetarian food. Yes. All the food that was served to passengers on this train was vegetarian. Okay, that's pretty interesting. So who does that certification then? This Mr. Bishwas that you spoke about, who is he? Can you tell us a bit about him? So he, he's essentially an entrepreneur who's you know worked in the food and industry business. And uh, he set up this council um, called the Sattvic Council of India, of which he's the general secretary. And he has partnered with Bureau Veritas, which is a well-known French company that specializes in testing and certification for a variety of sectors, including food. And so they will be testing and certifying using norms that have been set up and developed by the Sattvic Council of India. I see. So this then is entirely the private initiative of this one man, right? Right. Uh, I mean, he has, you know, other stakeholders in his uh, organization and there are others, uh, colleagues as well. So, but essentially he's the one who's running the show. Uh, but a whole train that was certified using his uh, methods. So I don't know, does it, does it have some kind of government backing? No, it doesn't at this stage. Uh, it's a private initiative. And uh, even though it's fair to say that it benefits from a certain push for vegetarianism that comes from the current government, uh, it's important to remember that even before uh, this certification came up, you know, the train that they certified, the Sri Ramayana Express, was entirely uh, already vegetarian. You know, and, and only, as we mentioned, only vegetarian food was being served to the passengers. So in that sense, it's a low-hanging fruit. And the second train uh, that the council has targeted, which is a high-speed 
public one, unlike the first one, which only carries pilgrims, is also entirely vegetarian. So there's a certain vegetarian ecosystem that this council seeks to piggy right, at least in its initial years. So, you know, there's this very visible uh, public push for vegetarianism that bodes well for the Sattvic Councils of India's uh, business model. Okay, so uh, just explain that uh, to us, please. You mentioned the Sattvic Council. Now, Sattvic is not something I think many of our lead, uh, listeners would be familiar with because maybe if you're into yoga or Indian philosophy, you get what Sattvic means. But uh, not many will know, I think. So would you explain what is Sattvic exactly? Sure. Uh, so Sattvic essentially uh, is derived from a Sanskrit word called Sattva. It's a complex concept in Indian philosophy that embodies elements of lightness, goodness and purity. So a balanced sattvic diet thus includes food that is pure, energy-giving, clean, quote-unquote. So such a diet is rich in fresh and nutrient-dense foods such as fruits, vegetables, sprouted whole grains, nuts and seeds. And non-vegetarian food, on the other hand, is considered as tamasic, a classification of food with negative energy, quote-unquote. That also includes onion and garlic, among other food items. I see. So this sattvic council... Uh through its certification, uh, is making a claim that it, it, the food that they serve, uh, which is certified by them, meets those qualities, which um, uh, some of them pretty um, intangible, and so I'm, sh I'm sure not very easy to uh, even measure or certify. Yeah. Uh, but let's... I mean, that's an attribute, but essentially the model that they are uh, following is that they would offer classifications. At the moment, um, there are four and there are three that I can straight away remember. Uh, it's vegetarian, vegan, mm -hmm. and uh, Jain. So vegetarian essentially means that there is no contamination with animal content. And milk is fine for vegetarians, but not eggs. So for vegans, there will be no contamination whatsoever with even dairy products. And it's not just, you know, in the final packaged food, but it's also the whole process, the kitchen, you know, that is preparing these meals should not have any com uh, contamination with animal content, transportation and storage should also be separate. So there's a whole elaborate protocol uh, that the council has come up with, which will be adhered to by Bureau Veritas whenever they hand out these certifications. Mm. So I noticed this word contamination popping up again and again. You yes. could probably just mean no um mixture with yes. or no yeah yeah something like that right yeah. it, it's not necessarily which it seems a little more uh, laden but mm. uh, maybe that's more me so now tell me uh, is there demand for such certified vegetarian food in india and even around the world you know it's a question um, bhagya that i did ask myself uh, when i was researching and reporting uh, for this piece especially because india is already dotted with you know quote unquote pure vegetarian restaurants and has a you know rudimentary veg non-veg classification system for packaged food products. So red is for non-vegetarian food, and green is for vegetarian food. Um, Mr. Bishas, who's the force behind this campaign? You know, he's convinced that there is a market for such a certification, especially given its concerns around how even the pure uh, vegetarian restaurants are likely to be contaminated with animal content in the cooking medium, such as oil or ghee. So he hopes mm. to set up a certification system that inspires trust among vegetarians. And he's being meticulous about his certification because his business reputation is on the line. You know, the council, for instance, has been facing significant, you know, hygiene and sanitation related challenges as they work on certifying the second train as vegetarian. But they want to do a thorough job so that, you know, everyone's um, 
satisfied and, and confident with the certification. And he believes that the moment this logo starts reaching out to the people, they will become converts. And he told me, and I will quote him, you know, they will go to a mother dairy, which is essentially a chain of outlets that sells dairy products and fresh produce in India, and ask, do you have certified, you know, products? Mark my words. So mm -hmm. he's someone who's fairly confident. And if you remember, I cite a Jain businessman in my piece who really eats outside because of concerns that the food he may end up eating uh, may not meet his dietary practices. So there are indeed many, you know, who will be drawn to the council certification. Around 30% of Indians are vegetarians, and that's around 390 million and a large potential market. Moreover, Mr. Bishwas is also banking on the global vegan movement because one of the certifications that he um, offers is, is uh, the Southwick vegan certification. So, you know, and the, we know the vegan movement continues to become more and more popular because of ecological concerns. So I think, you know, there is uh, a legitimate demand for uh, its certification. Uh, so presumably this would be for food that comes out of India. Yes, uh, but even if it goes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but uh, yes. And but essentially even a certification in um, abroad in, uh, in other countries, for instance, it's working with frozen food manufacturers in South Africa uh, to certify them as uh, Southwick vegan uh, and Southwick vegetarian. It's working with a coffee chain in Canada. So not just food produced in India, but also a global certification system for consumers across the world. I see. And you spoke of a second vegetarian train, vegetarian certified train, so to speak. That's right. So um, why the fascination with trains? I mean, um, I think, as I mentioned, these are low hanging fruits because even this, like the first one, which was already all vegetarian trains, this one is also an all vegetarian train. It's, it's the Vande Bharat Express, which is a high speed train, high speed for the Indian context, which travels to Katra. Uh, which is an important pil pilgrimage destination in North India. So all the food that is served on this particular train is already vegetarian. So I think um, they are starting with these low-hanging fruits and they want to go and target this train because it's a high-profile train. You know, it, the government of India uh, has promoted it as its indigenous high-speed train and there's a lot of attention, media attention that this train gets. So I think targeting these high-value um, targets will get them uh, additional mileage and publicity. But it's not just trains, but they're looking at also restaurants, uh, cosmetic products, pharmaceuticals. There's a whole you know, pipeline of certifications that this council is working on. I see. So we are then potentially talking of vegetarian certified flights and you say yeah. pills, medicines. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So in, in, in your experience, is, um, is that very visible, that, that la uh, label you spoke of, you know, the hand cradling a leaf, I think mm -hmm. you said? Yeah. Uh, so, so do you see that? I, I mean, as you go around Delhi, for instance, uh, are you? Have you? I mean, I, I I heard you speak of a pure of pure vegetarian restaurants, and I think um, outside the Indian context, not everybody would understand what is a pure vegetarian restaurant and how that might be different from a certified vegetarian restaurant. Yeah. And are these you know visible to begin with? Are you seeing them already pop up? No, so uh, we've only managed one certification uh, so far, the one uh, in December uh, on the train, and they're working on others. And uh, essentially, as I mentioned, they want to do a thorough job, which is why it's taking them uh, some time to come up with the others. But they're talking, um, I remember Mr. Bishwas told me that they've been talking to McDonald's. Um, you know, it has two all vegetarian uh, outlets in uh, North India. 
So they're talking to McDonald's to certify uh, their uh, restaurants as sattvic vegetarian. So, you know, and uh, I think um, consumers will have to wait for a while to benefit from this because it's yet to become visible on a wide scale. I see. And outside, I mean, I certainly haven't seen it here in Singapore, uh, but I'm wondering if you know whether it's uh, it, this, this story and this idea of the world's first certified uh, vegetarian certification, uh, ha- has it been in the world media? Has it making headlines elsewhere? Oh, well, I think uh, it's important to uh, put that disclaimer out uh, that, you know, it, even though they may claim themselves as the world's first, you know, vegetarian certification, I think there are other uh, you know, vegan certification uh, efforts in the U.S., for instance, in other countries. Uh, it's, uh, you know, he may make that claim, but I don't think we should endorse that uh, until unless, you know, we've uh, uh, put that out. But uh, I think it's yet to make a splash abroad because, uh, you know, even though the council has ambitious international growth plans, mm. you know, it has set up offices in the U.S., Canada, and South Africa, and it expects uh, to open more soon in the UAE, Germany, where there's a wide vegan market, he said, and possibly even a location in Southeast Asia, either Malaysia or Singapore. So it's working on certifications abroad, as I mentioned, with frozen food manufacturers in South Africa, uh, a coffee chain in Canada. Um, it's include uh, working with, uh, I think, uh, a Hindu religious temple in the US. So it's trying to take these baby steps but I think it's fair uh, to say that India, which possibly has the largest population of vegetarians, once I think this certification gains momentum in this country, it's going to be easier for the council to begin certifications abroad and you know uh, get attention and more uh, customers. I'm just curious, who certifies this council as such? Yeah, how do we know what they claim is, you know? Right. So, you know... Uh, they have these elaborate manuals that they've prepared. And it, the fact that they've partnered with Bureau Veritas, which is uh, a reputed um, certification o- organization, so that should lend it some credence. And, you know, the Bureau has these annual audits that they will do uh, to see and ensure that the uh, criteria uh, set up by this council is met. Right. Now, you spoke earlier about India being, um, you know, 30% of Indians being vegetarian. Now, I, I, I don't know why, but there is this impression that Indians are largely vegetarian. So this doesn't seem to be the case going by the figures that you mentioned. Yeah. And I think it's, it's one of the most widely uh, held misconceptions about India. You know, it's entirely inaccurate to say that India is uh, largely a vegetarian nation. More than 70% of Indians are non-vegetarians. And this is according to a government's uh, survey in 2014. The only vegetarian majority states in India are Gujarat, Madhya Pradesh, Rajasthan, Haryana, Punjab, and Himachal Pradesh. That's just six out of 28 states. And the most popular state, Uttar Pradesh, is also dominated by meat eaters at about 53%. And, uh, you know, it's important to remember that these numbers are also likely to be an undercount because many who eat meat or eggs but belong to predominantly vegetarian families would be hesitant to publicly identify themselves as meat eaters. Besides, the number of non-vegetarians has also been increasing. Government surveys um, have reported that between 2005-06 and 2015-16, the number of women non-vegetarians has gone up from about 67% to 70, and that of male non-vegetarians has jumped from 76 to 78%. Uh, those are interesting stats. I mean, in, if you take it in the worldwide context, then I suppose there's some... Um, 
you know suggestion that veg- uh, that vegetarian uh, you know meals are interest uh, are increasingly becoming popular and like you say there is a trend towards people turning vegan out of you know uh, you know concerns for, for the earth for instance uh, but in india especially this whole idea uh, you know uh, is is become very political and you've reported on mm-hmm. this uh, devashi so could you tell us how what why is choice of what you eat a political issue right you know uh, i'm going to be frank uh, there's always been a debate around the divide between vegetarians and non-vegetarians in india you know it predates uh, the rise of the bjp for instance the use of the adjective pure quote unquote to describe vegetarian restaurants offends many non-vegetarians because it somehow implies that non-vegetarian food is impure you know and it's a division that has become unfortunately more polarized in recent years especially with the rise of the bharatiya janata party uh, last year the bjp state government in uttar pradesh uh, imposed a complete ban on the sale of liquor and meat in mathura which is an important uh, you know uh, religious uh, destination associated with lord krishna the hindu deity and bjp run municipal corporations in gujarat targeted egg and meat sellers by banning their sales It's a complex issue uh, but to simplify it crudely it boils down to an upper caste hindu preference for vegetarianism as well as bias against those from marginalized caste groups such as dalits and minorities such as muslims both of whom depend largely on meat and leather trade for their livelihoods and widely consume meat uh, and it, you know it, it it's an issue that brings up important development uh, concerns for instance the indian government state governments run midday meal schemes and meals for children studying at schools right and many states offer eggs to children which is an important source of nutrition but you know bjp governments uh don't uh, but for the exception perhaps of karnataka now if mm-hmm. i'm correct they don't offer eggs uh, they only offer vegetarian food so it it is a very political uh you know divide uh on food and a controversial one Yeah it's strange especially the the meals being offered to school uh, children now I, i one would think that there's a choice i mean even if that state is ruled by a you know a bjp government one would think that uh, the people do have the right to choose whether they want to be vegetarian or not so uh, yeah but but that choice unfortunately is not offered i remember i traveled to madhya pradesh for a piece that i reported for the straits times and i spoke to many parents including vegetarian parents and that time uh, the congress government had come to power and they were reviving this plan so i wanted to see what the uh, reaction was from uh, the children and all these children uh, who essentially were tribal in that area consumed meat and eggs and they were very happy thrilled but there were some uh, you know hindus um, who were vegetarians but even those parents said that you know as long as you maintain segregation and ensure that my child is not being served uh, you know meat and eggs i'm fine with it so i think somehow you know between these entrenched positions we are losing the middle ground unfortunately where parents are willing to uh, you know uh, send children to uh, mixed menu schools as long as you know their child is not being force fed uh, meat or eggs exactly i mean you know uh, when you consider the kind of things that you know that really are core issues governance issues you know you've got Uh, an economy that's not doing so well you've got huge challenges in terms of you know schooling or housing or uh, even climate change those are the big issues that you imagine governments would tackle and then there is all this political um mileage or um 
you know, mistargeting on issues of this sort. What is your personal view, and how widely is this shared? That you know, th- this is a this is a thing we must pay attention to at this moment, ahead of you know many other issues. I mean, this issue of non-vegetarianism, uh, you know, is an easy distraction. You know, whenever you want to distract uh, public attention from some issues of key governance issues, for instance, you know, f- fuel rise, I think. Uh, was one such instance recently and during the Hindu uh, religious uh, period of Navratri, you know, when uh, many Hindus uh, fast, but not all Hindus, you know, fast and abstain from consumption of meat. Certain uh, municipal corporations in Delhi uh, imposed an informal ban on sale of meat. And that became another, you know, uh, instance of this divide. So uh, time and again, this comes up, uh, this divide. uh, thankfully, I, I don't think you know it is top red because many BGP leaders themselves are uh, meat eaters. Seventy percent of Indians are mm. meat eaters, so I think it's thankfully not top priority. Even though it's an easy distraction to offer time and again, um, but you know, as I pointed out, it does have real life consequences on those who depend on animal and meat trade for their livelihoods. Well, you know, you're absolutely right. Do you think this is a core issue with the you know, with Indians at this point, or, uh, you know, there's so many other things I can think of that surely must preoccupy the government much more like education and, you know, uh, making sure the economy progresses well, things of that sort. So what is the consensus around this whole issue? Um, I certainly don't think that this is top priority, including for the government, thankfully. But, uh, you know, this divide between vegetarianism and non-vegetarianism in India is, is, an easy distraction uh, for those in power to throw up whenever they want attention diverted from other key issues. For instance, when fuel hike uh, was becoming a concern, the price of fuel was becoming a concern. Uh, we had these uh, corporations in Delhi that informally banned the sale of meat during this period of Navratri, which is a period of uh, fasting for some Hindus during which they abstain from consumption of meat as well. And uh, so, you know, time and again, there are these distractions that are thrown up. And it's important to remember uh, that even though they may seem like a distraction, they have real life consequences for those who depend on the animal um, and meat trade for their livelihoods. And uh, so I think, uh, you know, at this stage, it's it's not top priority. Uh, But at some point, if, you know, who knows if this, Council and the certification is able to gain further traction in the coming year or so and establish its, itself as a successful business model, you know, it could get some government attention, uh, you know, such as the halal certification or the kosher certification gets from governments in, uh, in Muslim countries and uh, in Israel. Well, I suppose there is a valid claim to that, you know, for vegetarians to be satisfied that what they're eating meets their requirements and expectations. So, uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't underplay that bit. Uh, well, to yeah. each, yeah, to each their own. I mean, that definitely is, is, is the, is the case, I guess, anywhere in the world. And uh, the other thing yeah. would be that, you know, politically across any country in the world, you do have issues which would seem like non-issues to someone who's thinking very, uh, I guess, logically or rationally, but then which are emotional issues and right. do surface and do dominate. Uh, news or, 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 you know, or even become political, uh, you know, polarization kind of issues. Right. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you, Bhagya. I mean, it's important to strike a balance. 
for instance, you know, instead of certifying this whole publicly funded uh, train that's used by everyone, not just pilgrims who go to Katra, mm-hmm. you know, Katra is not just a, a religious destination. Other people are also traveling. You know, why don't you have certain coaches for vegetarians mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, coaches for non-vegetarians? So um, I think it's important to strike that balance and ensure that everyone, uh, you know, is able to exercise his or her choice, uh, dietary choice to the fullest without infringing upon the other's uh, rights. I would totally agree with you. Okay, so that's a wrap for Letter from the Bureau. We hope you've enjoyed it. If you'd like to read Debashi's column, we have a link for you in our podcast description box. And you will also find there a link to other stories that we featured in our Letter from the Bureau series. The Asian Insider Podcast channel is also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us. 